The following is an RED Podcast Network show. You can find this and other great RED Podcast Network shows on redpodcastnetwork.com, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. Better than beer? Can it be? I love that. I love craft beer. Beer. Sparkling. Golden. Pure. A beverage as old as history. I am passionate about craft beer. Craft brewing is innovation, independence, curiosity, collaboration, character, and this is the craft beer evolution. Beer snob like a mother. <laughs> okay, so here goes the Irish Beer Snob podcast. So what we're going to do here, you've heard me on other podcasts like Ian, uh, the 11pm somewhere, um, I did a giant one there recently with the Beer O'Clock show with Ian as well, um, I suppose what am I going to be doing, Let's put, today's podcast really is just the first one, I'm going to recall the trip myself and Ian and John the Beer Nut were on to Brewdog there last week, um, it's going to be a, a brief interview there with Stuart Bowman, the head brewer in um, Brewdog, and you know, a bit of crack and a little bit of talk about what's coming up in the next while in the Irish craft beer scene. So thanks very much for sticking this podcast in your ears. I know I'm not the the most adventurous of people to, to listen to. I suppose the craft beer revolution is alive and kicking in Ireland and as one of the main agent provocateurs of this, it's great to be involved in another media as well as the couple of videos I've done and the the uh, the, the ongoing blog Um I suppose podcasts might be a little bit easier to do in terms of just it's just me spieling away. Um, obviously, if you have any questions or feedback or any comments, you can hit me up on Twitter at Irish Beer Snob, um, or email is irishbeersnob at gmail dot com. Um, and you know it's it's all about just me talking about rubbish basically. So. Got an email out of the blue from Sarah in Brewdog there, like, hi, would you like to come over to our brewery? And I was like, well, of course I would. Oh, and by the way, it's on us. I was just, who would say no to an offer like that? I've been a fan of Punk IPA and a couple of the other Brewdog beers. Not as big a fan as Ian, obviously. Um, but, I, you know, I, I respect the beers. And to get the opportunity to go over to see their new facility in Ellen, um, how modern and, and the opportunity to sit down and spend time with... Uh, James and Martin, the 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 brains behind Brewdog, the the guys who started it off, two men and a dog, as the story goes, um, and we kind of look at what what went on there, some of the beers we tried, and the, obviously the facilities themselves. Um, it was just a case of getting the time off work, and thankfully able to do that. Um, and a really early start, I think it's quarter to four up uh, for a bus to the airport for me. So it was going to be a long day, but it was worth every every second of missed sleep to get to uh, to go to such an amazing place where the first thing that strikes you is the enthusiasm and positivity of the the, the crew. Um, the vi- there's just a vibrancy there that you, you don't see in many places of employment. You didn't see many people trudging around looking as if they didn't want to be there. So it all started, we all met up in Dublin Airport, myself and Ian and John, get the nice uh, Air Iron Regional plane, or Air Lingus now, over to Aberdeen, get greeted at the arrivals hall by Sarah, waiting on a few other guys to come up from London and other places in England. They were all flying up as well, so we all got to sit down and have a coffee. And It was great to put faces to names of, of many of the podcasts and, and YouTube channels and, and other bits that you'd kind of see around. And, you know, more importantly, to interact with these people, and you never know what might come out of these. You might 
you might be doing some sort of collaboration with the guys or they might be coming over to us and we can show them a good time. You know, like that was really evident in the recent European Beer Bloggers Conference that was in Dublin. We had a lot, the Irish beer revolution is really not, you know, they talk about the revolution being televised. It, it doesn't really go outside our borders. And, you know, there's one or two eking a little bit out, like you can think mainly Porterhouse and O'Hara's will be seen in the wild out there. But it's great to see that people came over to Ireland and got to see firsthand um, the experience we're going through at the moment with such great bars in Dublin. You know, it's, a, it's known worldwide as a, as a city to come for a fun time. But we have some fantastic bars. We have some fantastic uh, food going on. We, uh, you know, it's really, really fantastic what's going on overall at the moment. But it was great to mingle and interact socially with these guys. So literally, short half an hour spin, I think roughly from the airport to Ellen, which is just north of Aberdeen, so it's even further north again. Um, the new brewery looks doesn't look out of place in a, in an industrial area. You can tell it's Brewdog straight away with the big massive Brewdog symbol over the the tap room. They have their uh, tap dog, I think is what they called it. Um, in dump the bags, sit down, teas and coffees, and a little bit of a chin wag with uh, James and Martin before we all got broken into our groups for the tour. Uh, we were lucky enough that we got to. Uh, be led by Martin on our tour, which was, you know, great. Guy was walking around, um, one of the guys who's founded all of this business in seven years. They've grown exponentially, and the the growth plans seem to be um, as, as as ambitious as ever. Um, so first impressions, you walk in and you see the obviously grain silos, um, and you, you kind of know the kind of scale you're going to be coming from. This. You know, it's really impressive, the engineering that goes into these facilities. It continues to impress me, whether it's a small two-barrel kit to the size of the kits that BrewDog will be operating on. So we got to go in, have a look around. I'll have a load of pictures up on the blog, so I'm hopefully going to put a blog post up. There may be a little bit more coherent than this um, this, uh, this podcast. Um, in terms of you walk in, we were in the middle of the packaging area. They were bottling Punk IPA at the time, and the noise, it was so loud. Um, you got to see the grain, the grain mill and everything. Obviously, the silos feed directly in, the main malts into it. When they're doing the speciality beers, it's all manually loaded into the grain mill. So, you know, things like Tokyo, I think they were saying it's 100 and something bags of malt uh, to, to get that going. So it keeps the brewers fit. Um, then they brought us up to... The actual um, the the units the the the, the lot tone the mash tone everything and it's just impressive German engineering um, fantastically put together and they were actually doing some tweaks on it while we were there and they were explaining that you know we're introducing a step we don't know what it's going to do but hopefully it will shave off some time for us in terms of making the brew and I suppose when you're shaving maybe ten seconds here and a minute here off the process it'll it'll make things much easier for them. Just the sheer amount of capacity in terms of everything I'm used to seeing in an Irish context, it just dwarfed it. Um, you know, the 80 hectolitre tanks out at the back and another 18 of them to come over the next few months. Like These things are big, um, massive warehousing area with a really modern bottling line. Um, and we got to obviously walk around. You see the bottles coming through. Martin explained even that if a bottle breaks, the whole thing just, you know, it doesn't alarms go off it doesn't happen it just does it itself it's fully automated if a bat a bottle breaks it sorts it out and there's no real loss and it keeps going 
Uh, real highlight for me, though, was like literally, here you go, here's a bottle of Punk IPA, freshly bottled, 30 seconds old. I am forever now going to be judging my Punk IPA by how old it is. It'll never get close to that 30 seconds again unless I'm fortunate enough to be invited back to BrewDog or even get back up there um, for that. Like, But then the BrewDog, the Punk IPA we get over here is very fresh. It's usually within a week um, of, of it being bottled. It's over on our shores. And that, for a hoppy beer, that's really important. Like, and People have asked me before, like, if it's a hoppy beer, does it, when it was bottled or canned, really matter you want it to be as fresh as possible and you get the real benefit of the the hop aromas and flavors there so after we did a bit of that we had a bit of a Q&A session and tasting and we got to taste some you know some fantastic beers we obviously tried the ubiquitous punk IPA um we had jackhammer which is their west coast style IPA black eyed king imp as well which is just a beast of a beer it's a god what is it it's a imperial stout that's aged in whiskey barrels that tastes of um chocolate and coffee beans um i think i have the i have the notes written down somewhere of what what type of chocolate it was and what kind of coffee it was but basically it was a really impressive beer um got to have the chin wag with james and martin and at that stage the opportunity for people to interview people was afforded which you know these guys are busy it was a friday it was a working day it's not as if there was no one there um so like it wasn't a case of these guys were on a day off and we were coming in talking to them it was really a case of these guys were in there uh doing their daily work and giving us some time to ask them probably questions they've heard a million times before and that they're just like god i know the answer to this before he even asks it to me so hopefully uh, um we didn't annoy them too much but i suppose to be really grateful for them in in the sense of giving us their time and uh, that they did that day ultimately you know it was great to try these beers um moving on from there we all went over to the tap dog which is the on-site bar which is open to the public as well and um it was great to see locals from ellen coming in and having a couple of beers and a pie uh the pie minister pies were delicious because we had a couple of those for lunch and you come in and you notice obviously the merchandise and the just like it's, it looks like any other brew dog bar but really the fact that it's so close to the brewery everything's going to be so fresh you walk in and they've got the the real kind of old fish and chip shop uh, menu up above the bar telling you what's on draft. Um, they obviously have the Hop Cannon, which is very much a very fancy Randall. Um, it's, ex- it's essentially a Randall, but it's really well engineered. You can see that a lot of thought has gone into this, how it works and, and, and what it really does. Um, and we on the day it was Libertine with Pine Needles and blackberries so i didn't do a side by side but i'd had libertine before their black ipa and just a little hint of pine and a little hint of blackberry was just really subtle but it was really cool to to see the kind of combinations that you can come up with there um it was in the in the tap dog when i was able to sit down with Stuart, and you know while the interview was 10 or 11 minutes we carried on chatting for another 20 30 minutes afterwards and he's a really great guy and you know thanks very much Stuart, for your time um obviously you know it was great to talk to someone with such knowledge and experience and I suppose to see the kind of the way things are going. From there, we all got checked into our hotel in, in downtown Aberdeen and it was meeting up in Brewdog's Aberdeen Aberdeen Bar for a couple of drinks before we went on to Musa for dinner. Um, like I've been to several beer and food matching events. Um, obviously in Ireland, uh, in Dublin, we really have 
the main one we have is uh, brews we play, Eric and Flo. They're a, a, a dynamic duo, pair up with an Irish brewery, and they pick the food to match the beer rather than doing it the other way around. Um, what was really interesting about Musa was that the menu included um, brew dog beers in the actual food, which was just, you know, it was absolutely fantastic to see um, those kind of uh, that innovation going on there. So we, we were treated to an absolutely fantastic dinner that, that ranged from, you know, fantastic oak smoked salmon, uh, which would obviously be a Scottish speciality. Um, we had an amazing trifle. Like anyone who knows me knows I'm not a big fan of trifle. It's just, you know, the custard. I, I, for some reason, I can't really, that's just my thing. Um, but we had a, a trifle with, t- with, a, with, I can't remember what beer it was that was served with it. Um, sorry, Ian will remind me. But the sponges themselves were soaked in black-eyed king imp. So my God, like you know, people normally maybe smoke it in brandy or soak them in brandy or sherry or something. But this just was to the next level. And and the management and staff at Musa just were fantastic. They looked after us so well. We were sat at the table with James and Martin, and they moved around, and we were able to talk to everyone. We actually had one of the brew teams sitting across from us as well, and it was actually really good to have the bit of banter with him. Um, he's from Newcastle. I think his name was Steve. Not hundred percent. Sure, um, or was it John? Might have been John, but anyway, he telling us some of the stories about like you know when they were brewing up in Fraserburgh to now in Ireland and and the challenges of brewing a beer like Tokyo because that's a big bad boy of beer and you know like you have to be quick closing back down when you're feeding it again um because the crowds and they just come up and drown you. Um, the food was an absolutely amazing experience. Fantastic food. Aberdeen, even though it was a really flying visit, got a really good impression of it. It looks like a really nice place to go for a weekend. Um, compared to the rest of England uh, and Scotland, it, it would it appears to be a little bit more expensive. But I suppose that a lot would be to do with the with the actual offshore oil industry up there. Um, you know, like uh, we we I, I kind of noticed it wasn't that cheap. Uh, but ultimately, you know, it was still a great. Great venue, uh, great city. Like I'd be interested in going back and spend a little bit more time there. Um, I think after we had the dinner in Musa, everyone was kind of going, "Well, where do we go on from here next?" So, like after, it was a long day. We headed around to a pub called Cask C A S C. I think it's spelt. Um, absolutely amazing. It, it, it's my definition of what a craft beer sh- bar should be. You walk in, there's twenty five taps on the left hand side in the main on the bar and there's no labels in any of the taps there's just one big wall board at the end that says here's taps 1 to 25 and it was color coded by style it gave you a price and it told you the measurement it was sold in so like you know the way sometimes it's it's a bugbear of some people i know and it can be kind of i can understand the logic of it both ways but you know sometimes in ireland like i had a, a jackhammer recently in a pub and they only sold it in two third measures for four euro 75 but Still, Jackhammer's a seven point odd percent beer, and you know you don't necessarily want to be drinking pints of that, but you also want more people to try the beer as well. So it is a difficult um, balancing act for publicans, I'd imagine. But at the same time, you walk in and you're under no illusions um, of what beer you wanted. You could order anything from uh, lambic to you know single hop beers to IPAs, imperial IPAs. Everything was there. They also had absolutely massively stocked beer fridges. They had a load of Stone. They had a load of Oscar Blues. They had a lot of stuff that we wouldn't get in Ireland. And, you know, it's really interesting that we do get some American beers that the UK market doesn't get. Like we would, we'd have much more penetration with the likes of Founders um, that, uh, and maybe Sierra than maybe the, the UK market would. But on the flip side, 
they're getting things like Stone in, in much bigger quantities than we are. They're get, definitely getting the different Oscar mm. Blues like Goodnight and other things that, you know, I've never seen over here. And hopefully the distributors who bring these in in Ireland will start to get them along. Um, but all in all, for a 24-hour period, I don't think I've had as much concentrated fun in 24 hours. At the end of the pint in, in Cask, myself and Ian... 11 p.m. somewhere, we're like, we're done. We're just gone. We're finished because we're up early next morning to fly back home to Dublin. Um, my my views of BrewDog, have they changed from before I went over to BrewDog? Um, yeah, I'd say they have. And I the, the way I think they've changed, I think it's more, you know, while I, I respect every brewery that makes a beer and puts it out there, um, everyone has different taste. I really enjoy a punk IPA. I think I'm probably going to have a couple now this afternoon. Um, but I think there's a growing maturity in the brand itself. Like you see some of the things that James and and Martin are doing, like they're obviously got their brew dogs show, um, which is where they're over across in the U S doing absolutely crazy things. Like we were watching one that where they're brewing with Sam from dogfish head and they're going around a NASCAR speed ring in a car brewing beer. And it's insane, but it's it's just so good. Like, there's a lot of talk about the new website, the new labels and everything, but, like, everyone has their opinion. I would, like, I always loved the original branding of Punk IPA. Stands out a mile, and that's what you want. You want to be at a spot at a mile away. You walk into a bar that you're not familiar with, you're not really sure what you want. Like, for me, it's like I'll always look out for that familiar green of the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale or, you know, the familiar blue of, of Punk IPA. Now, obviously, Punk, and they're all changing. But once you get that bottle into your hand, it's kind of like a, a, a banknote currency. There's texture and, and depth to this labeling that, you know, you can't view by by just seeing it on a three on a on a on a monitor on your PC and going, oh, that's terrible. Obviously, everyone's entitled to their opinion. But I think it's really a sign of the level of maturity that is in like they're still pushing the envelope in beer styles and what they do and the collaborations they do. But they don't necessarily have to be as as loud with the market inside because they're well established. It's a multi-million pound business a year now. They obviously have very successful ventures like the Equity Punk scheme. And, you know, they they export a lot of their beer out worldwide. They have 25 bars across the world that they they don't necessarily need to be the same. And if people are copying their, their original style, that's obviously a, a, the best form of flattery. But I do really like the new simplicity of the new labeling and look forward to seeing it rolling out over here. Um, and, you know, I'm keeping an eye out. I know I've got a bottle of Black Eyed King Imp in the, in the in the beer crate there. And I'm thinking, God, when will I have the chance to share that with somebody? Because these kinds of beers, it should be shared because it's the only way people will enjoy it. It's all about social. It's all about fun. And that, I think, is what BrewDog are. They're very serious about the quality of the beer they make. But every one of the staff that were there that day seemed to be having fun at work, which, you know, there's not many people are employer in places of employment. You can say, yeah, I really enjoy working because it's always a bit of a laugh. You know, we, we know we have to work hard, but we get to play hard and blow off steam as well. So BrewDog, thank you very much for having me over. Hopefully it won't be the last time I'm over in Ellen. Um, I know my wife is a big fan of Punk IPA as well. Um, and there was talk of among a few of us here now for the maybe it's three or four couples to go over to Aberdeen for a weekend and you know we can maybe see a little bit more of that city because it's 
obviously a lot of history there. There's a lot of fantastic architecture and, and things to do. Um, and hopefully we'll get the opportunity to do that in the next couple of months. Um, this is my first podcast, so if there's any glaring errors or omission, missions, please feel free to correct me on Twitter. Um, I love constructive feedback. Um, but as Will Wheaton says, don't be a dick. Um, ultimately, I'm hoping to do these quite regularly. I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully going to go on to things like, um, you know, maybe doing smaller podcasts that are maybe just beer reviews uh, of other bits and bobs. I do think, you know, it's obviously the time that's in it. We're on the Sunday before the Irish Craft Beer and Cider Festival, which is next weekend, um, running from the Thursday to the um, Sunday. Um, I'm hearing rumours that Saturday sold out already, which is absolutely re- unbelievable. Now, I was working on the Saturday last year, and I'll be honest, it was pretty... It was okay to start with, but it then got pretty messy later on in the evening. And I think the one or two people have said that they've heard the, the, the organisers this year are going with halves only, um, which is a sensible thing. But I know when I go to festivals, I don't normally drink pints. Like, you want to try as many different beers, particularly new beers, as you can. Um, and, you know, it's not about getting tanked. It's about enjoying the flavour, enjoying the taste. Obviously, yeah, if you want to go out and get blown out, that's fine. That's a personal decision. Um, I think with craft beer, you see a little bit more maturity in that sense. But that doesn't mean that, you know, I didn't get absolutely wasted on Rua the other night at Dara's party. Um, I suppose... I look forward to the Craft Beer Fest every year. It's it's hard work. I'll be working with the lads from Bior, um this year, looking after the ma- the membership desk and front desk probably. So if you if you're there, come over and say hi. Um, obviously, if you're not a member of Bior, join at Bior.org or you can sign up on the day, and we'll hopefully have um, a festival special where we'll be able to do membership, including a T-shirt as well. Um, you know, it's it's a great opportunity to talk to the brewers themselves because you are ultimately their target customer. They want your feedback straight away. If you don't like something, tell them. Um, you know, don't tell them in a dickish way, but just tell them and say, look, you know, I think this this is, you know, something that maybe is different than before. Why is that? Can you explain that to me? And they'll be more than happy to do that. Um, in terms of yesterday, I went down to visit Rye River Brewing Company. Niall, thanks very much for your hospitality. Alex, thanks very much for coming in on your day off to show us around after working a mad week. It was great to try the new pale ale. Um, you know, real big fan of you know what you're trying to do in terms of you you are bringing people in to the craft beer revolution. The beers are all now made in Kilcock. It's fantastic for a town like Kilcock to have such a an it fledgling business that will hopefully grow and grow and grow. Um, and hopefully Niall and Alex maybe we catch up another time and we'll do a a podcast interview when things may be quieting down a bit for you. But by the sounds of things, you're in for a pissy 12 to 18 months anyway. I'm going to give a shout-out to Sarah Finney. Um, She is on Twitter, but she's just actually started doing um, vlogs and beer reviews. So she did her first one there the other day. Uh, I think Founders All Day IPA was the first choice. Uh, A good start in beer, great choice. I enjoy it myself. Um, her vlog is at youtube.com forward slash Irish Finney, and that's F-I-N-N-E-Y. Uh, it's entitled Five Minutes of Finney. So, like, they're all they're all bullet short. They're not going to take up all day to try and get to them. Um, you know, really 
Sarah knows a lot about whiskey. She's really knowledgeable there. Met her at the Beer Bloggers Conference in Dublin. And, you know, she's starting to branch out and do vlogs. And obviously, Brian Condren has the Ashcraft Beer Show as well. So it's great to see more content uh, coming on stream. Now, I'm done boring you now, so I think you've had enough. Um, thanks very much for listening. Thank you for downloading. Um, as always, any feedback at, twi- at Irish Beer Snob on Twitter, uh, irishbeersnob at gmail.com. Um, and if, if, if you have any requests or any questions, feel free to drop them to me. Thanks very much. And here we have now the interview with Stuart Bowman. Uh, Stuart, thanks very much for your time. Um, cheers and enjoy the interview. Thanks, guys. Good afternoon, guys. This is the Irish Beer Snob. We're in uh, Brewdogs HQ in Ellen, in uh, just outside Aberdeen in Scotland. Brought over for a Meet the Brewer event. I'm here with Stuart Bowman, one of the big brewers in uh, Brewdog, and just going to kind of talk to him briefly just about his favourite beer, what inspired him to be a brewer, and I suppose what, he, what way he sees things going forward. So, Stuart, thanks very much for giving us your time today. No problem at all. Pleasure to be here. Uh, I know this is a rudimentary setup, an iPad touch that I borrowed off someone else with a, some dodgy looking mic thing but I suppose um, it's been an absolutely fantastic day seeing the operation obviously uh, haven't seen the previous kit up in uh, previous brewery and like just the scale of everything compared to what I'd see at home is just huge like what what really inspired you what beer did you take a mouthful of and that was your epiphany and said this is it I want to do something and get in here I think probably the first one that really, really maybe set up and take notice was the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Yeah. Circa 2000, 2001, something about there. I was uh, just down at uni, enjoying beer, enjoying a lot of local beers and stuff like that, and saw this uh, this crazy vibrant green bottle sitting on the shelf. Uh, went over, had a look, realised it was from California, um, or sorry, certainly West Coast, and. Popped it open with a couple of mates and was just incredibly astounded at the array of flavours, the complexity, but the intensity as well. That's what yeah. I really, really love. You know, a lot of beers um, are very, very good. You know, they take one out of maybe three boxes or so. That ticked all three boxes for me. It was intense. It was complex. It was interesting. Um, so that was really the the kind of the first beer that maybe yeah maybe set up and take notice of what you can do with your with your materials um, and that was the beer that kind of launched me down the homebrewing path which I think is really the um, the route that most brewers go down to be honest most of the guys that I have in here um, the vast majority of brewers I've spoken to the world over they all start off homebrewing yeah you know, that's where they they're in their stripes they experiment in styles and they find their feet you know they find their own kind of their, their own voice and their own uh, interpretations of styles um, if you will but in terms of yeah continued inspiration I have to say IPAs I mean it's it will always be for us I love hops all of us out there love hops you know we love the old varieties the, the, you know, the well established varieties your Cascades your Chinooks your Centennials we love the new stuff the Citra the Mosaics uh, the Eldorados and stuff like that it's 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 incredible what you can do with just one material. You yeah. One one material makes small differences, and when you add it, how you add it, how you treat it, and just get the, an incredibly diverse range of beers. And that's that's what continues to draw us back in every respect is the continued exploration of 
different flavours and the diversity that we have within beers. Um, and you can see it, you know, when you look around the scene right now, it's incredibly healthy in the UK. Yeah. There are so many good breweries, so many good brewers, people who um, essentially just want to do something, want to do something and make it their own, want to do something, want to make a beer that they want to drink, which is the fundamental you know, premise behind Brewdog. That's why Martin and James started it off in 2007, because they were drinking Stone beers and Sierra Nevada beers and everything else. Um, and they were saying, well, you know, shit, why can't we do this? We get some nice hops, we get some, you know, a basic bit of kit up and phrase about it, let's get going. Um, yeah, and it totally snowballed. I, th- I think it's fair to say that U- US brewers have been a major influence, and I know this back in Ireland that we see a lot of the Irish brewers looking west to the US and what's going on there, and we're seeing, you know, there's there's one or two breweries that are really taking on board with the the IPA styles, double IPA, oatmeal IPAs, yeah. and like I'm I'm like you, I'm an IPA fan. Like I will try every IPA until like you know you have your you have your go-to IPA that you know will never let you down. Yeah. Like a, a punk IPA is one of those for me that. It's like it's always rock solid. You know what you're going to get every time, and it's the same as Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. That was one of my big revelation beers, where I'm like, wow, this is absolutely. And again, it, it kind of shows the importance of the labeling and the like that vibrant green label against a background of grey. I yeah, suppose that you're kind of going because you know I, I'll, I'll confess I would have been drinking crap before that. You know, and you know, like my palate has developed over the years. Like anyone, like you, you know, you might be challenged drinking an IPA to start with or uh, LA Alexia uh, but I think you know getting there it's all a journey and it's like spicy food if you like your spicy food you don't start out with with ghost chilies or habaneros you start out and build your way up I suppose it's fantastic to see the innovation in, in brewing and you guys collaborate a lot with some, a lot of the big US like Stone and, and Nicola as well from Europe and it's absolutely fantastic I've been fortunate enough to try iHardcore U today on draft I've never had it on draft before and again it's just a totally different experience like what's your favorite beer in the current brew dog range like i'm, I'm supping a, a dead pony club here because i don't want to be on my knees in an hour or so because i've tried some pretty high abv stuff today yeah. but like i know um martin has already said dead pony is extremely proud of it and he's, he's so he should be it's got so much flavor for for the abv that's in there but what's your personal favorite at, at the minute be per- completely honest, my personal favourite changes with the wind. I, it depends on the food I'm eating, the people I'm with, the music I'm listening to, you know, the book I'm reading, whatever. It's It, it really, really depends. I, um, I live in a, a small cottage just outside Aberdeen, very, very isolated. We have an open fire and tend to, late at night, savour those riptides and... Uh, the Coco Psychos, the Stouts, because it just, I don't know, man, it just, it just, it just really fits. fits. Yeah, yeah. It, does. it really, really fits with the situation. Um, I, Punk's my, you know, you said Punk is your go-to beer. Punk's my go-to beer. It has always, will always be. Um, I'm immensely proud of beers like Libertine, Libertine Black Ale, which is what I'm actually drinking just now. Are you drinking it through the hop cannon? Yeah, through the hop cannon yeah. with the, the blackberries and the pine needles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was an unlucky fella who had to go off picking pine needles this morning <laughs> to fit it in. Or is there some? Is there a shop around that sells pine needles? Uh, no man, there's a wee tree up beside Tesco's that they go rip branches off pretty much. Yeah. Well, you know that's that's going native as they say. Yeah, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. And it's um, 
Yeah, I mean, the, again, you know, I keep saying it, but diversity, it's, it's one of the incredible things, something the BrewDog has always been about, is been trying to make beer as accessible to as many people as we possibly can, and part of that is making a wide range of different flavours and styles um, in our in our portfolio so that we can kind of entice as many people in through the, the craft room door as possible. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, that's really, really important. Um, again, like you, you, know, you said about the curries, you know, you start off with maybe something that's a little bit lighter, move on. That path of discovery is... It's incredibly exciting, but it's immensely satisfying for me to watch somebody who comes in and doesn't know anything tries uh, a This Is Lager or something, you know, a punk idea or something like that, and is just blown away by the fact that beer is actually nice. You know, Ian said it earlier on when we were chatting. He was introduced somebody to beer and they couldn't believe it. This is actually nice. This yeah, it tastes of something. Yeah, this yeah. has substance. This has feeling. Um, and that's, you know, that's that's incredibly important for all of us. We love to see that, and we love to be able to, to facilitate that as well. Yeah, and you know, it's 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 like it's a fun journey to take on with friends. Like particularly yeah. for me, like I'm kind of, I know I'd be a good bit more advanced than some of my friends, but I've, I, I'd know beers. I think that they'd rec- they'd like and it'd fit in, and they go, you know what, that's a great beer. Thanks for recommending that for me. And then they're going, what do you think of next? Like it's never anyone's place to tell someone what they should drink, but. I'd always encourage people to try as much as they can because it's the only way you'll develop your palate as you go and you'll eventually settle on your own style. Like As I said, mine is IPAs. My wife, she loves red ales. Um, but she also loves traditional English bitters, which, you know, it's fantastic. Like, she's she's just... It's great to have her on board and to be able to enjoy my hobby uh, with her in that sense. Like, I'm a home brewer myself and I suppose at the minute I've not really got onto the grain side and, you know, I don't really have the space for mash tons and everything. I suppose what I'm looking at doing is probably doing small scale five litre batches yeah. that you know you can have real fun experimenting with like you know I, I think you've probably talked to Ian and some of his ideas <laughs> and you know like I have a lot of similar thoughts about you know there's so much you can do with a beer it's extremely flexible yeah. like what would be the advice you'd give to anyone who's thinking like say getting into home brewing like you know there's obviously quite a number of homebrew clubs over here and it's the same back in Ireland yeah. like it's such a social thing like I've always said to people like look try find your local homebrew club don't go out and commit yourself to buying the equipment yet. Yeah. But go in and see how it's done. Like, would, would you kind of think something similar yourself? I would just say get stuck in. Yeah. That's to be honest. That's absolutely the best advice. Um, when you start off home brewing, the equipment, the materials, the processes it can all be quite daunting. And if you yeah. start reading books, you can get an idea. But there's a lot of contradictory information on the yeah. internet as well. So the single, the single biggest helpful tool for me was to get involved with uh, the Wall Home Brew Shop in Edinburgh when I was. Uh, studying down in Leaf. Um, started hanging around with those guys, started talking ingredients, processes. We were bringing beers, they were taking beers. And just, you know, like you said, enjoy that social aspect of it because beer is a very social... Um, it's a good social tool, really. You know, everybody hangs out, has a beer and whatnot. Um, and those guys who have been there for a while are a wealth of information. They point you in the right direction. They steer you away from things that maybe might give you a little bit of difficulty. And that's, yeah, I mean, get on with the homebrew club, get in with the homebrew shop, uh, and, yeah, 
enjoy it. Really. Yeah, because I think, as you said, there's a lot of contradictory stuff out there on the internet. And it, it, as you said, like when I started, like I'm, I'm kind of on kits at the minute, and I'm at that stage where I'm like, look, you know, kits are okay, but I want to be, I want to be able to kind of develop different styles, like whether it's a, a Berliner Weiss or a Goza or something like that. I want to be able to say, well, look, I can get the malts myself and do it myself in a small scale. And you know, like if it's bad, you don't mind chucking five liters down the drain at the end of the day. Like it's, it's kind of similar to a pilot's kit of 100 liters. You don't really care if it goes down the drain, but you've tried something. Yeah. Right, I suppose, sure, thanks very much for your time today. I've, like, I've had an absolute blast. Like We're off into Aberdeen now for some dinner later on. Yeah, nice, I'm nice. sure there's going to be some great beers, mashes, some great food. Um, that Libertine in the hop cannon. <laughs> I wonder will, will Brewdog ever sell them hop cannons as a, as a retail uh, product. But really, thanks very much for your time and uh, look forward to seeing you again. Pleasure. Thank thanks, you mate. Much. Cheers. The Irish Craft Beer subreddit is the best way to keep up to date with all the latest news, views, reviews and interviews relating to Irish Craft Beer. Check out the subreddit on reddit.com forward slash r forward slash Irish Craft Beer. Join the revolution today.